It's the Charmed Ones, minus Piper. What's up, friends? We are back again. So, I know this happened like a long time ago, and it's been a while, but as soon as the Harry and Meghan and Oprah interview came out, I knew I wanted to talk about it, and I did make a YouTube video. You can search me up. Um, I made a YouTube video reacting to the interview where I gave like small thoughts. It didn't really come out with like a big, big, big thoughts. But I was listening to another podcast where it was an American podcast discussing this interview. And some of the things they were saying were just so incorrect. And I know that because, you know, my dad was British. I know I'm very American, very American. Um, never been there don't can't really say I know the culture but I'm obsessed with like British history British royalty and I feel like I know a little bit of more about the institution than like the average American and the average American sees the interview gets mad but then doesn't understand why things were that way and then they take it into this whole different area that it needs to be and it's just I I hate it I hate it so I have notes, there's not a lot of notes. I feel like the interview kind of spoke for itself, but there's also a lot that the interview didn't say. Um, but let's start with my first note that I have here. And it's just saying, I think that the media and the common people and all of that stuff really, really like made Megan, like they put her on a pedestal way too quick. Like as soon as it came out that they were dating, up she's on the pedestal because she's a biracial American divorcee dating a prince of England like I get it it's amazing it's basically a fairy tale but you can't put a human person on a pedestal and then not expect them to fall off of it and they did it way too early before she even really had a chance to get her feet wet in the family in the job in the role even as just as the girlfriend and then they got engaged which I don't really want to comment on the speed of their engagement because everybody's different. Maybe they just fell in love really fast. Like, I get it. Whatever. That's not my place to judge. But I feel like because they were so in love and so ready to be together, they did it quickly. And then she was not fully prepared. And she even admits in this interview that she was not fully prepared. I think she said something that she, like, that she thought the job was more like you go out and greet crowds and like that's it it's not like that like it's really like a job where you have to do certain schedules you have to do certain this you have to do certain that you have to do it in a certain way because the royal family has to be showcased in a certain way it's not just a oh I'm gonna go out and wave and I'm done type of thing so and then for her to be like oh I never even researched it like I don't know if I honestly believe that because if I met a man who I knew just because he's famous or popular or whatever I knew he had like an important job an important family there's yes you want to learn about your partner from your partner but there's also the point of if he comes from something bigger like if I randomly met the son of a CEO of like if I met Jeff Bezos son on the street and he started to talk to me, you better be damn sure I'm gonna Google him. I'm gonna Google the ass out of him. Not because 
I want to uncover a secret or something or because I need to know his net worth because there's because I want to be a gold digger it's because I need to understand the type of life that this man leads because it's a public life and I need to know what that looks like before I even try to step into it because if I step into it without being prepared without knowing how public it is and how exactly the media comes I'm not going to be prepared and then down the line I'm going to regret my I'm going to resent my partner because like it's not his fault it's my fault for not looking into it like I should have but it'll just it breeds resentment it'll be not good and you just need when you're dating somebody who you know you know has a public lifestyle not even lifestyle just has a public life public job you need to do the research you need to look it up you need to know how much fanfare there is what is this going to look like so that you are prepared you got to think it through process it prepare and then be like before we even start talking having a relationship am i ready for this and she said that she didn't do that didn't do any research because she was just like oh well i'm already a celebrity how much worse can it get baby baby honey boo boo (laughs) so much worse it was so much worse than you ever could have expected and i just cannot for the life of me understand why nobody warned this girl (laughs) like why did nobody warn you and then one of the things that really really peeved me is that in this interview she kept calling Catherine kate the only people that have ever called Catherine kate were the media she does not go by kate her family does not call her kate william does not call her kate the queen does not call her kate nobody calls her kate her name is Catherine. she goes by Catherine. and i just felt like that was very disrespectful because why are you going to refer to someone by the name they don't go by multiple times when you know she doesn't like it and you know that she asked people to call her Catherine. It was just like it felt like that was a level of petty that didn't need to be there in an interview that is supposed to be about how she's feeling silenced. You know, like why are you gonna why are you gonna do that? Just what was the point in that? I don't I don't get it. And about the whole Catherine made me cry, I didn't make her cry, whatever. Whatever. Okay, it's a wedding, people get stressed out, things get said, and arguments, in the heat of the moments, whatever, it happened. Let's move on, let's be adults. But I feel like she brought it up because she wanted to make a point of, well, she made me cry, but the media spend it to do the other way, but nobody came out and defended me, but they've come out and defended other people, and yada, yada, yada. Like, I get that, I understand. But at the same time, the thing I feel like she doesn't understand and the thing I feel like that went wrong with Charles and Diana is that Diana outshined Charles like people liked Diana more than they ever liked Charles and yes that hurt his ego whatever fragile male egos have no place in this space shut it Charles but I understand how from the monarchy's point of view, you know, the firm's point of view, Charles is the next king of England, right? He's the one that you need everybody looking at. He's the one that needs to have the approval ratings. He's the one that needs to be going out and getting all these things done and having all these people love him because he's going to be the one 
that's going to be the face of the country next. So it didn't look good that Diana was getting everything that he needed to have, not even that he wanted, which I'm sure he wanted it, but he needed it to have a firm grasp, like a firm foundation when he gets on the throne. And Diana had it. And that was the that was the issue. That was the issue. So, but the thing about that is it's the same thing with Meghan and Harry. When they were having their wedding and afterwards, Meghan was so popular and so polarizing because she's a biracial American. She just married into the British royal family. This is not a thing that has ever happened before. And everybody was excited. Finally, some representation. Finally, we have a woman of color and a place in a position like this and a firm like this that could maybe make some real change. I get why the world was captivated. I get why people were so enticed. And it was amazing. It was to have a black woman married to a prince of England, to have a black woman be a princess of England, be, be a duchess. It's amazing. And it was history, literally history being made right there, right there made. But she started and Harry started to outshine William and Catherine. And while that's not an excuse to let them be mistreated, and that's not an excuse to let the media mistreat them, it is, I think, part of the reason why, and I'm not saying that I think the royal family deliberately set the media against them. I'm just saying they might not have come out and disputed bad articles because if you were getting, if they are getting bad press, then they're not getting good press. And if they're not getting good press, then they're not outshining the future king and queen. You know, the one that need that foundation, that need that support for when they are thrust upon the throne, you know, because William and Meghan don't need that. It's nice to have it. It's nice that the whole family has good approval ratings. I get it. But they don't need that foundation built for them. Like, William and Kate will because if William and Kate get on the throne hated and people hate them and their approval ratings are through the are in hell you know like in the pits it's not gonna look good for the monarchy it's not gonna go well for the monarchy and who knows it might even be the end of the monarchy and they're really really trying hard to avoid that and the only way to do that is to make sure that the next person who's gonna actively be on the throne is this one with a strong foundation of public love, you know, people like them, they want them there. So they can't have the quote-unquote spare taking that away from them, you know? So I'm not condoning, I'm not saying they did the right thing, but I'm also saying that, like, you should definitely come out and say, like, oh, you know, Megan never made Catherine cry. Like, they definitely should have said that. They should have stopped people blatantly going after her for her race in the media but I understand why they might have you know thought that by not saying anything they were doing better for somebody else which isn't fair because family should be like everybody gets treated fairly but this is not just a family people seem to forget this is not just a family it's not just family dynamic this is literally a century-old monarchy that has to think about their country policies, the government, the military. They have to think about a whole bunch of things that don't include the family part. It's not about the family. It's about the firm. And the firm and the family are two very different parts of it. And another thing, 
she said Megan was like, oh, well, I was silenced. Bitch, shut the fuck up. God, that irritated me so bad in that interview because what is so hard to understand? The royal family cannot publicly express political opinions on anything. Never, never, ever. Because if they do, they could sway a vote. That's why they're not allowed to do that. They could raise stock or blow stock, you know, all that stuff. Like they have that power just by saying the right thing or the wrong thing to the right or the wrong person, which is why they don't say anything at all. You know, like Charles, everybody knows, everybody knows how he feels politically, but he does not come out and publicly say it, does not make speeches about it. He does not start campaigns about, oh, well, this is a human right. This is that, this is that. And I understand Megan before marrying into that family did things like that and I understand it can be really hard to have to take a step back and not do it because then I understand why she would feel silenced but at the same time this is why she should have done some research because members of the royal family cannot give political opinions they can't do that kind of thing she was not being silenced that is literally the job that she signed up for by marrying Harry was to not speak politically in public. Tell Harry, tell William, tell the queen how you feel in private. Do not speak on it in public. And she seemed incapable of understanding what that rule is. I just don't. That just rubbed me the wrong way. Like rubbed me the wrong way. If you cannot tell, it was just, why is it hard to understand? I just don't understand why, why it was hard. Okay. And then her whole thing of, well, we were being denied security. We were being denied security. <sighs> okay. No, you weren't. Let's, let's be very clear. No, you weren't. Because when you and Harry were working, you're active members of the royal family. You are working royals. You are entitled to security. You were given security. I, you could Google pictures of them at like a function or doing something where they were working, there's security around them. There's security that they have security. They were in cars being driven somewhere by their security team. They had security, okay? You have security, stop lying. You have security. The security was taken away once you stepped down from being a working royal because if you are not an active working royal and to be an active working royal, you have to do a certain amount of engagements, you have to do a certain amount of this and this to be considered an active working royal because government paid for security is only given to active working royals. And once her and Harry stepped down, yeah, you didn't get security anymore because you're not an active working royal. So you want the British government to pay for your security, but you're not working for them anymore. Where is the sense if you're not working for the job anymore, they are not required anymore to protect you. And in this interview, both her and kind of Harry made it out to be like, oh, well, I made my family angry and they didn't want to protect me anymore. They were putting me in danger by taking away my protection. Okay, okay. So you're full of shit because I know you know that your aunt not even aunt. Is that who Princess Aunt is to him? Yes, his aunt. You know your aunt does not have security because she declined security. She only has Princess Anne, the Princess Royal, 
Queen Elizabeth's daughter herself only has security when she's working on an active job. Any other time, she has no security. And she was the victim of a kidnapping attempt a couple years ago. And she fought off the kidnappers her damn self. She did. Princess Anne for the win. For the win. So she fought off these kidnappers. And then afterwards, she still, still does not have full-time security. The only time she has security is when she's working a job. Every other royal that's in that family, Prince Andrew does not have security. Princess Beatrice, Princess Eugene do not have security because they are not active working royals. Zara and her family and all the other parts of the family and like Prince Edward and all that do not have security because they are not active working royals. What is so hard about this to understand? And I know I'm getting irritated and I, I know you can hear it. But it just killed me. It killed me in that interview because it was such a fucking lie. It was so fabricated because you do not get security paid for by a job, by a government that you are no longer working for. Why is that hard to understand? And I get that they thought they were going to do this. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do the working royals part time and then the other part time. We're just going to do whatever we want. The queen said no, y'all. She said, you either have to do this life of service full-time and commit yourself to it full-time, or you cannot do it. And they said, I don't want to do it full-time. I don't want to make this my life. I want to do what I want to do. And she said, okay, then you can't be a working royal anymore. And once you're not a working royal anymore, there is no security. It is really, really just that simple. Just that simple. Okay? It's just that simple. And then with the whole... Um, Archie's title so the way that I understand it it is the direct grandchildren of the reigning monarch get titles so the direct grandchildren of Elizabeth are Prince William and Prince Harry those are her grandkids okay and Princess Anne's kids she declined titles for them Princess Prince Edward's kids, he declined titles. Prince Andrew's kids, Princess Beatrice and Eugene, they get titles, but it's not like an HRH title. It's really just like a complimentary title. Um, so, and it kills me, it kills me that they're like, oh, well, a prince's Archie's birthright. No, it's not. It really isn't because it's the direct line from the throne that get titles, okay? So the direct line is Prince, not Prince, Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, Prince William, Prince George, okay? Those are the next four people in line for the throne of England, right? Okay, so Prince William is the Prince of Wales, not William, Charles. And then William is the like Duke of Cornwall, I think. No, that's still Charles's title. What is this title? I don't know. But it goes William and then it goes George. Now, William has other kids. So he has Princess Charlotte and then he has Prince Louis. They were not supposed to get titles. Charlotte and Louis were not supposed to have titles because they are not the next ones directly in line for the throne. And I understand why this confuses people because it's like, well, if they got titles, why didn't Archie get a title? Okay, I understand the confusion. I understand why you think that that's not fair. And I'm not saying it's not fair, but I'm saying it it makes sense if you know the the process behind it so george got his title 
of Prince because he's literally in the direct line for the throne. Princess Charlotte and Princess Louis are not in the direct line because they're only spares. But the queen passed a letter of patent, not patent, like, I forget the word, but she passed some letters or whatever that changed it to where all the children of the next in the line, they can all have titles, like honorary titles. So that's why Charlotte is a princess, and that's why Louis is a prince, but it only refers to the direct line to the throne. Direct. How many times can I say direct? Direct. And that does not include Harry and Meghan's children. So when Archie was born, he does not get a title. He is not required a title. It is not his birthright to get a title. He does not need a title. It is not his title. He does not get one. He does not get one. By English law, Archie does not get a title yet. But, however, once Prince Charles is named king, then all of his grandchildren will be eligible for titles. So that means then Archie will get a title, his new baby sister will get a title, and yada yada yada. So then, at that point, like if Charles was already king by the time Archie was born, then yes, it would have been Archie's birthright to get a title. But because he was born before Charles was on the throne, it is not his birthright. He could have been bestowed one if the queen wanted to, but the queen chose not to. And whether that was for whatever reason, I don't know, can't specify, don't want to speculate, but he wasn't given one. And it's just a slap in the face to go on national American television and be like, they deprived him of his birthright. No, no, they didn't. It's not his birthright. It really isn't. At least not right now. And then... For Harry to come on and be like, oh, well, my family cut me off. Yeah. Are, are we surprised by this? Are we surprised by this? Because Charles, the whole pay money thing in the royal family is really actually kind of very confusing. Because the queen gives titles and lands and then those lands give them a paycheck. But because... It's something, like, I don't even really understand it myself, but it's just, like, so, because Charles is the Duke of Cornwall, he pulls his income from Cornwall, from, like, the taxes of Cornwall or whatever, a certain percentage goes to him as his, like, comp salary, compensation, whatever it is, but then, because they are his kids, he then has to give them allowances for the work that they do in the royal family. But once you step down, my guy, Harry, I'm talking to you, once you step down, that is government money. That is taxpayer money. That is money that your dad gets from taxpayers. That you said you wanted to be independent. You said you wanted to be financial independent. You said you wanted to break away. You didn't want to be a part of the family anymore. Okay, so you expect them to still be, what, paying you for what? To go around and badmouth them, to step down, to not do the things that you committed to doing, to, I mean, why should they keep paying you? Like, I just don't understand why you would think that they would continue to pay you. This is literally rich kid syndrome. Like, if you are rich, like born rich, you have a lot of money, and then your parents kick you out, and they cut you off, like, what did you expect? Like, do go out in the world and do whatever you want and badmouth them and like 
but then still mooch off of them, still get paid by them. Like, I don't, I don't really, I really just don't understand where the thought process is. And I don't understand if this because just because I'm poor as fuck. And I just don't understand how rich people view money. But, like, if my dad had ever kicked me out, I would never expect him to still be sending me an allowance. Like, never. Or if I had moved out of my dad's house, I would never expect him to be sending me an allowance. You know, like, I feel like that's a rich kid syndrome. And it was very not, not good to see from a man his age, from a man who just did what he did to behave like that. I just don't, I don't understand. And then the one thing I feel like Oprah really, really missed a very good opportunity on is Harry has kind of a racist past. And I know if I remember correctly in the interview, he was like, oh, well, you know, Megan helped me change. And I'm like, okay, that's great. Elaborate. Elaborate. How did you change? How did she make you change? What did you discover about yourself or about your country or about the struggles of people of color? Did, do I hear an apology from you for wearing a Nazi costume and doing the Hitler salute? Do I hear an apology from you for the racial slurs that you've said before? Do I hear an apology for any of this? No, I didn't hear one. All I heard him say was, oh, well, you know, Megan taught me the error of my ways and I've changed and she's opened my eyes. And I'm like, okay, this would have been Oprah's time to be like, okay. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Nazi costume incident. What made you wear it? What, why did you think that that was okay? How did you handle the backlash? What did your family say? I mean, I have no idea. She really could have dug hard in at him about that and she just didn't. She let them kind of go passe, you know, calm over her with, oh, well, we were mistreated. Okay, okay which they might have been. I can't say that they weren't because it is a struggle. But also she was like, oh, well, they didn't want to give me help for my mental health. Every single person there campaigns for like some kind of mental health thing. And Diana had got mental health health. I'm pretty sure Harry did himself. So I just don't understand why they would have said no because it wouldn't have been a bad thing to show. So I don't understand. I just... And when they were like, oh, we got married three days before, that's been proven to be false. They've literally had to come out and backtrack that and admit that that was not true. So I'm just like, I don't know how much of this interview I honest to God believe. And I can believe that maybe somebody mentioned something about Archie's skin tone. And they already said it wasn't the queen or Philip, But I also think it was very, very telling that they didn't want to say because why not? You've said everything else. You've said everything else. So I feel like it was either Charles, maybe Andrew, probably Andrew. Oh God. Um, Tony thinks that it was William because they just have not mended their rift. And I would very much like to believe that it was not my man, William, but you know, I will never know unless somebody says or somebody admits it. But I just had a lot of problems with this interview. I had a lot of things that just didn't make sense but more of I feel like this interview was very misleading to an American audience because like I said earlier 
There's a lot of things about the way Britain runs, the way the royal family goes, that Americans just don't understand. So if you come out the gate with all of this stuff and trying to explain rules and laws that don't really make sense and letters that were passed but don't affect certain people and how the throne goes from one to another person, Americans don't really get it. We don't really understand. Unless you go out of your way to like research it and look it up and understand. And let me just tell you, most Americans, myself included, are lazy as hell. So most of us are not going to make that step to go do that. So I feel like, I don't know if Oprah did this intentionally, I don't know if Harry or Meghan did this intentionally, but I feel like they aired it like that without trying to explain the like in- intricacies about it to try to get American audiences on their side by warping their perception of it because they know that we don't really understand. And that's a really underhanded way of trying to get people on your side. Because I feel like if all of this really happened the way they said it was, they wouldn't need to try to warp anything to get people to back them. It would already be, oh, well, you're telling the truth. Here's this proof. Here's that proof. That's it. Done. We're on your side. Let's do something about it. But because they had to go out of their way to try to get an audience that doesn't really know that much about it, so that they would have a, people supporting them. Because if you look at it, the only people really supporting them are Americans. You know, like the British people, they're not really fucking with them right now. And I think that's very telling too, because they understand, the British public understand the intricacies of this, and they're not buying it. They are not buying the shenanigans. But the Americans are, because America don't understand. Don't, we don't understand. We don't understand. And that's why we're buying this load of bull that's being handed to us because we don't understand. But other people are not buying it. And I feel like we should really, before we pass a judgment on the monarchy or the queen or Charles or William or McKay or anybody, except for Andrew. Andrew can take all the fucking fault in the world. He a douchebag. Let's not talk about him. Before we pass judgment on anybody else, we really need to try to understand. And if you don't want or can't take the time to try to understand the intricacies of this situation, you should probably look to the opinions of people that do understand and maybe listen to them before you go off on social media saying that you need to abolish the monarchy, that you hate them, that you wish that they would die, that you know, you're glad Philip is dead, that he looked like a walking corpse, you know, like before you do all of that unnecessary, rude, hateful things, Maybe you should actually look at someone who has the necessary knowledge to have formed an opinion and like maybe listen to them, talk to them about it, and then maybe they can make you understand something and then maybe your own opinion will change. So um, rest in peace, Philip. It's very sad. And that's my thoughts on this royal family interview. I just feel like it could have been done a lot better. We could have acted more like adults around here. But I feel more and more every day people are incapable of acting like an adult. Myself included some days. Anyway, I will catch y'all later. I'm a witch, you're a witch, we're all witches together.